Welcome to the Doghouse. I'm Diana. And I'm David. It's Riverdale, Season 7, Episode 8, Chapter 125, Hoop Dreams. In order to keep Riverdale High's basketball legacy <clears throat> alive, Frank and Archie recruit a new player to the team, a quiet farm boy named Reggie Mantle. Tabitha's return to school inspires Tony to start a literary society for Riverdale's Black students. Alice forces Betty to join the River Vixens, and Kevin starts a new job at the Babylonian. Well, at least we're back to an episode of television. On a very special episode of Riverdale. They've all kind of been that this season. A lot, which is fine for like the teenage show formula. Like, I'm fine with that. I like that we made Reggie completely different in this version. He's still very much going to be a foil for Archie, but just in a different way. And I like that. I think that's interesting. I do like that we have a show that is talking about racism towards the Asian community. I think they address it very well. I think they did fine. I, I think they did. My first instinct was like, I feel gross. But it's it's really not that bad. I just I'm like, I wish the show would stop trying to be it's just, they're just so bad at so many things. Stop trying. <laughs> stop trying to do like racism well because you're you're not that great at it well and they again they're telegraphing for later where all of this is gonna have to come to a head sure but you know you could do it better than the way you've been doing it and also you have priors and we don't trust you yeah we don't so we start off this episode we're at a riverdale bulldogs basketball game Jughead's narration is talking about, you know, some towns are football towns, hockey towns, but Riverdale High only had a a so-so football team, so it's a basketball town. And that it's been a long time since their heyday when Fred Andrews led the way as their point guard. And so as we're we're getting this narration, we're watching them play, and they lose, Frank throws the cups... And the Blossoms are there watching, and they are just disappointed. Lizzo's at the game, too. Lizzo is at the game. She's making eyes at Tony being a cheerleader. Uh, we go into the locker room after the game, and Archie's trying to give everyone a pep talk about, like, you know, we just, we gotta pick ourselves back up. And Julian is just fucking pissed. Um, he insults everyone, says, you know, every, you're lucky my parents still sponsor us. And Archie interrupts him and is like, cut the gas, Captain. And then Julian just talks about how, like, Archie's not living up to his dad's legacy. What What was that word? Legacy. <laughs> <laughs> One of our magic secret words. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. I called that, like, two seasons ago. I'm proud of me. <laughs> After the game, Archie sees Frank talking to the Blossoms. And, you know, Frank comes over to Archie and hey well you know what's that about and the blossoms have given frank the permission to recruit an outside player a ringer this farm kid's name mantle from duck creek and archie's like mantle it's like yeah reggie the blur mantle because you never see him coming Ooh, just fine love that he's from duck creek that cracks me up I also like the fact that they are alluding to that he is coming in mid-season here. <laughs> yes, which is also a fun play that we've had a, a swap out previously. Um, nothing beats the two Reggies <laughs> in our co- in our official comic book episode. That was my favorite thing that's ever happened. It was fun. It was great. It was lovely. 
Uh, we cut to the girls' locker room, and Cheryl and Tony are kissing, and they're in their cheerleader uniforms. There's some smoochy smooching. And so then we cut to them. They've changed out of cheerleading uniforms. They're in their regular clothes. And Cheryl's like, hey, let's go study. And Tony's like, huh, what? And how, how does that work? Uh, because they can't they can't be open about it. And so Cheryl's kind of like, well, it would it would just just be for us. And Tony is very uncomfortable with this. She's like, that's something squares do. That it's just not really my thing. And Cheryl's like, okay, fair point. But you know, if you think about it, we're kind of already secretly going steady, anyways. And that really freaks out Tony. Well, this is an interesting twist. Okay. This is. The idea that in this in this little version, Tony is the one who is causing the issues. Well, it's not that it's an issue, and they'll get to it later. Oh yeah, there's a lot. There's there's a lot of things at play, but ultimately Tony's like, that doesn't feel like me. Mm-hmm. Because it's likely, based on some other things that are said, not something that she's experienced before. She's likely not had somebody who wanted to go steady, much less had the opportunity. Also, has she had anybody that she's like really like liked like this before? Liked, liked, like, yeah. Uh, we cut to the mantle farm and we see Reggie is moving bales of hay. Archie offers to help and he says, no. He's like, oh, so you're from Korea. And Reggie goes, my mom's Korean. My dad was born here. I was born here. And he's very short in his, his sentences. Mm-hmm. And pretty much the entire episode. Which I like. This Reggie is very introverted. He's very closed off. Uh, we find out that he used to play basketball for Stonewall Prep. And he asks what's happened. And Reggie's like, are you writing a book? There's not much to tell. I dropped out. Which you can instantly know. No. Something happened. <laughs> uh, Frank comes up. Because he's clearly been there. And he says that he had a great chat with his folks. And uh, you can say your see you laters. Okay, so I guess Reggie's leaving home. This is not that uncommon. No, it it makes sense. I understand what's happening. I find it kind of cool because now we're going to have the situation where Archie and Reggie live together, which again, yeah. is very fun. We cut to later. We're having dinner at the Andrews house and Mary's asking Reggie about farm life. And we find out that... Reggie's dad fought in the war, but he came back with shrapnel in his shoulder. And so it slowed him down. So Reggie stepped up because the farm is their legacy. Oh, again. Yep. So, you know, he he had to man up. And so Archie's like, but doesn't the GI Bill help out? And Reggie looks annoyed and it's like, we're not considered eligible. And Archie's like, but we are. So how come you aren't? To which Reggie's like, why do you think? And and Mary's like, oh, that that's shameful. That's just terrible. And Frank's is like, well, Mayor Blossom will make sure your family's farm stays afloat financially. So you can just concentrate on playing ball. And Reggie's like, thanks, coach. Oh, uh, I I love the fact that Archie is so committed to the bit. And Reggie here is like, y'all, y'all can't be this fucking stupid. <laughs> Ar- Archie is. Yeah. No. Yeah. Reggie, you have no idea. Well, and, and and here's the thing. There's people who know that they don't know things and aren't interested in learning. Mm-hmm. And there's people who don't know that they don't know. And that's Archie. 
he doesn't know that he doesn't know something. There's that. And then there's, you know, the deepest level of Archie, which is he doesn't know most things. Well, that's okay. We're going to learn him some lessons on a very special episode of Riverdale. Another one. Absolutely. Yeah. So we cut to Archie showing Reggie where his cot's going to be in his room. And Reggie looks out the window and he sees Betty. He goes, who's that? Oh, that's um, my neighbor. You'll meet her at school. We're actually supposed to keep our curtains closed. To which Reggie's like, "Uh, okay. (laughs) I don't know what that's about. Not going to ask any questions. Well, then we cut over to Betty's room and Hal has brought her some tea. He wants to have a conversation with her. He has been talking with Dr. Werther's and he thinks that she needs some more exercise to get out all this excess energy. <laughs> so he's talked it over with Clifford Blossom and he's arranged it with Cheryl that she's going to join the River Vixens, to which Betty is almost as annoyed as she was about grandstand i'm waiting for the riverdale before i make comments that's not where the riverdale is yeah it is no when it was somewhere else okay sorry one two three riverdale oh hal is such a blowhard it's great he's such a weenie this season it's so funny like just no power nothing whatsoever because this is totally mom's cue Oh, yeah. He's just here to deliver the bad news. He's like, so this is what's happening. <laughs> I'm I'm just pretending that we're having a conversation about it because it's happening. Mm-hmm. You have some unhealthy urges that we need to just, you know, work out. Dear God. <laughs> it's so 50s. And man, Lily with the teenage pouty angry face. The teenage pout is just amazing. Ugh. I love it so much. We cut to uh start of the school day. We're in front of the school and Lizzo is hitting on Tony. Uh, never seen a wool sweater filled out so nicely. Ugh. Thanks for the apple butter, Lizzo. Ugh. All of this. Ew. We gotta stop saying apple butter. It's it's not good. <laughs> hmm I don't I don't love it. But Lizzo says I guess you and the queen of paper shakers got chummy in the janitor's closet afterwards, to which Tony's like, more or less. And it's like, you know, you find these ripe cherries knowing they're in the closet, which means there's a shelf life. Like you get what you want and then you move on. No fuss, no musts. So Lizzo's calling her game and Tony's just like, talk to you later. And is clearly like, damn, that is what happens. But also, Tabitha's back. We see Tabitha coming around the corner. Uh, So yeah, we didn't just like forget she exists at all. So Tabitha is sitting with Tony. And, you know, she's talking about how Mrs. Till was so inspiring. And, you know, it was weird to actually like see what people could do. Like the racial injustice. I can only imagine. Now give me the scoop. What have you been doing to keep you busy? It is the most bizarre transition ever into tony being like oh i'm a cheerleader i mean it is and it isn't i could also just see this as tabitha being like i don't want to talk about that what's been going on here (laughs) yeah it's just it's bad writing it's just bad writing okay Uh, i didn't it didn't no like that's fine but that's what she needs to do or there needs to be an acting moment wherein she you can tell she's making that decision like it does it's not happening on the screen at all 
So it's bad. Uh, but she does ask, you know, oh, you know, okay, but you're still writing for the blue and gold. And Tony's like, oh, yeah, no, I'm not. I haven't done much lately. So then we cut over to a doghouse. Hey! Veronica's asking Betty about being a river vixen. And Betty's got a lollipop again. That's becoming her new thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and Betty confirms that now Veronica owns the Babylonium. And then Archie brings in Reggie. To which Veronica goes, are you going to introduce us to your strapping flutterbum of a new pal? I, Veronica is so horny and so lonely. I love it. She just, she needs someone to rub up against. <laughs> a little bit. So like they all like introduce themselves and ask about him. Um, Phyllis in Reginald, where are you from? What do you do for kicks? And do you like the movies? Which I love the Veronica calling him Reginald. I also love Cheryl. Careful, Veronica. You might get a ticket for speeding. I know. It's so great. It's just fun. Uh, Reggie is, again, still very tight-lipped. She's like, there isn't a movie theater in Duck Creek. Uh, Me and my family, we don't have a TV set. So Veronica invites him down to the Babylonium. It's a movie place that I own. Yes, I own my own business. Uh, And then Cheryl's like, you'll have to excuse Veronica. She's clearly been raised by wolves. And so then Reggie's just like, I thanks but i'm here to play basketball and win games uh where's the gym to which all of them go i'll show you including kevin uh-huh which is adorable and then archie's like simmer down y'all i'll take you <laughs> archie's like come on i'll show you good and then like looks at all of them like what is wrong with you wrong with y'all have you all gone crazy yes Yes. yes because they're all horny teenagers oh horny horny teenagers love it Tabitha approaches Jughead about that homework he was supposed to help her keep track of from afar. Uh-oh. Jughead's like, oh my goodness, I'm so sorry. It's, it's fine. It was actually pretty easy to coordinate with Featherhead. Um, so you're absolved. But why were you so preoccupied? And so he tells her that he's been writing comic books. And she's like, oh my goodness, what? And so he, sa- he talks about um, Rayberry or yeah, Rayberry. And she's like, oh, yeah, I know him. And Jughead's shocked. It's like, I read from all genres. And Jughead's like, oh, that's cool. Would you like to meet him? And she's like, yeah, that would be cool. Yeah. Uh, We cut on over to the Babylonium and Kevin has shown up and he would like a job. And Veronica is like, yeah, you're friends with Clay. And Kevin's like, yeah. Like, okay, cool. Um, I want to get with him. So you can help me while you're working here. To which Kevin's like, oh, great. (laughs) (sighs) This whole, this whole thing. (laughs) There's a part of me that doesn't love it. And then a part of me that goes like, yeah, that tracks. It's the fact of, I don't love it, but it's also something Veronica would fucking totally do. (laughs) Yeah, no. And if anyone would have that, sort of premonition about somebody it would be veronica based on all the information they've given us she would be familiar with someone being gay but just sweet sweet awkward kevin uh we cut on over to the gym it's practice time we got to split up into two teams julian you're the captain of one reggie you're the captain of the other one everyone pick a side and it's literally you know archie and reggie like you know we can't have a game if it's three against seven. 
Reggie looks over at Dilton and says, um, we'll take Doily. You want to play water boy? And he's like, okay. And so they play and Reggie is amazing. And he actually encourages Dilton. Dilton makes like the winning goal. This is the interesting thing. Reggie isn't t- getting all the baskets. Mm-hmm. He gets everybody else involved too. He's playing to win. He's not playing for his own glory, which is a big difference. And, you know, during the game, Julian's taunting Dilton. Um, There's a big, you know, gaggle of girls who have been watching Betty's making eyes at, you know, Reggie, you know, they lift up Dilton when they win. And so it's like, it's really like sweet. Mm -hmm. Um, It's like, oh, this is a uniting force. By the way, Fangs on the right team. Absolutely. You know, he's he's there. He's with Archie and Reggie, of course. After the game, you know, Archie's like, all right, guys, let's go to Pops. It's a tradition. And all the guys are like, no, we're not doing that. And so Reggie's like, hey, you know, I, I've got homework to do. And then Julian goes, oh, I'm hungry enough to eat a horse. So, yeah, let's go. And, you know, it, yeah, it's just. And so they, they leave. And as he's leaving, Julian said, Dilton says, you can come too, Pipsqueak. So it's just. Okay, they're not going to make any effort to work with Reggie. No, of course um, not, because I racism. Do, I do, of course, racism. I did want to point out, because I didn't notice it before, that Julian is wearing red sneakers. All the other boys are wearing black and white Converse style sneakers, but Julian's wearing red. And I hadn't noticed it until this episode, but yes, he is. And I love it because that's the same thing they would do with Cheryl. So I like that they're carrying it over here with Julian. It's well, small, but it brings me joy. It's a very blossom thing to do. Mm-hmm. We cut on over to the, I guess, the girls' gym, and it's post-cheerleading practice, and it's time to assign players. And but he's like, huh, what does that mean? Oh, it means you show your player extra personalized support throughout the season, baking him cookies, wearing his jersey, helping him with his homework. This is some fucking bullshit. <laughs> but uh cheryl of course will be paired with julian uh tony you and archie will be matched and i think our new star player i was thinking betty could be with reggie cheryl causing chaos as she is wont to do yeah well she knows she's supposed to keep archie and betty apart yes um but also trying to keep it like pretty benign with tony but tony clearly is like what the fuck is this nonsense well it's it comes with the territory Yep. Uh, we cut on over to Jug and Tabitha walking up on Brad's door, but he's not answering. So they decide to leave him a note and try again tomorrow. And Jughead suggests, let's go catch a flick. They're playing It Came From Beneath the Sea. And Ray Harryhausen did the giant octopus. And Tabitha's like, oh, I would love to go to the movies with you. And Jughead's like, okay. And so then he spits out the gum that he's been chewing and uses it to tack their handwritten note to, to raise door the most jughead thing a jughead could do yeah we cut back to the locker room the girls locker room and tony's not into being a cheerleader she doesn't want to do it anymore begging for my own personal meathead is not really what i want my life to be about and so cheryl's like well does this have anything to do with me asking you to go steady Tony's like, no, but now that you mention it, I'm not the settling down type. And I feel like I've lost myself. So I need some space. Again, twist. Twist. Cheryl, also, by the way, no lipstick for most of this. 
Uh, she is wearing lipstick here, but it is post cheerleading. She needs her armor on. This is fair. Mm-hmm. But also, Cheryl, much more like subdued and thoughtful than yes. we're used to from her. Yes. This Cheryl is recognizing that Tony is a safe person to talk to about her feelings mm-hmm. and her wants uh, and desires. And previous Cheryl would have never done that. It was always about, let me manipulate you into doing what I want instead of talking to you about what I want. So I do like that that twist, um, at least in regards to the relationship with Tony. We go on over to the Babylonium and Jug and Tabitha have shown up. <laughs> and Jughead orders a double-sized popcorn, a large cola with extra ice, two packs of senior mints, a butter flinger, a pack of those mint bogos, three buccaneers, and a skit scat. And then he looks at Tabitha and says, do you want anything? Oh, do you want anything? <laughs> okay, well, not only are we talking like the candy spoofs, <laughs> but all of that food for Jug. I love it. It brings me joy. So they go and Veronica's like, well, that's fascinating. To which Clay's like, what are you talking about? Oh, they're going to the movies together. Uh, it, isn't that interesting? And Clay's like, maybe they both like science fiction movies. To which now Veronica's like, oh, you know, Jughead and I were an item. And he's like, well, why Why did it end? He's plenty handsome. And she goes, well, between you and me, he's a total oddball. Lives in a train car, too. I prefer my men to be a bit more continental. And worldly, With an air of mystery about them. To which Clay, like, completely clocks what she's saying to him. And it's just like, I need to go to the booth, get the next reel queued up. Looks at Kevin. <laughs> who's who's in the background, like, pretending to sweep. And also just like, Urgh. Totally hearing what's happening. And then Veronica gets very forward. Just think about what I'm putting down. Great, great. Oh, boy. Oh, geez. And now we have probably my favorite of the Betty verbal diarrhea moments. <laughs> This is fantastic. Once it starts, there's just a no stopping. So Betty is helping Reggie in the doghouse. Hey! hey! And Reggie's, Reggie's just like, look, you don't have to bake me cookies. You don't have to help me with my homework. And she's like, oh, but I do. It's sort of part of my court-appointed punishment. And Reggie's like, huh? Like, <laughs> oh, I was ordered to join the Vixens to curb my unhealthy physical urges. And he just looks at her like, what are you talking about? She's like, oh, you haven't heard. I flashed my underwear on live television, Marilyn Moore style. And Reggie's like, so is that why y'all have to keep your curtains closed? She goes, oh, yeah. So that was because we had a peep show. Well, I love she's about to try to hide that part and then just goes, oh, well, I might as well tell you this, too. You're going to find out anyway. And he's like, a peep show? Yeah, if you can call it that. And, And at that point, he is just like, I think I should go. And... And and she's like, no, 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 nothing happened. I we just we're just showing our underwear and you know like flashing panties. And he's like, yeah, I live with the guy, and we don't <laughs> do peep shows or flashing panties in Duck Creek. So consider yourself relieved of your vixen's duties, okay? And and he goes away, and Betty's just like, oh man, hide. <laughs> what did just I tries do? to hide from everyone. She's just like, she's dying inside. It is so funny. Sweetie, honey, (laughs) shut your mouth. So great. So (laughs) great. We cut on over to Reggie. He's shooting hoops. And Archie comes and finds him. He's like, hey, you know, you want to go 
you grab some lunch and Reggie's like, thanks for the invite. I'm going to pass. And Archie's like, well, it, it won't be with the team. It's with some of my other friends. And Reggie's just like, I'm all good. Which is kind of sad. Because, you know, like Archie's trying. Like he's he's trying to be his friend. Yeah, but he's also, well, Reggie's going to make it real plain later on. Which is great. This is important. Because mm-hmm. like, Arch, like Archie doesn't know what he doesn't know. And no. that's that's where I do think they did a really good job in that like, once Archie is told what's happening, he realizes it and he he's able to confront it in that way. Sort so like, of. Well, it takes a does, little bit more than that, but 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 he's able to. Yes. Um, you know, and and not an excuse for not being aware of things, but also like, okay, now that you know, you can't ignore it. Mm-hmm. Um, we go over to the doghouse. Hey. hey. And Tony and Tabitha and Clay are talking, and they are gonna start. A literary society, a journal with black voices. And so Tabitha's like, Oh, are you still gonna be doing River Vixens? She's like, No, I joined for the wrong reasons. I had a crush on a girl, Cheryl Blossom, but that's not gonna work out. And they're kind of like, Hey, you know, sorry to hear that, but like, what happened? And she's like, We're we're just too different. And Clay mentions that him and Kevin are also from very different backgrounds, but they both want to learn from each other so it's nice to talk to each other and tony's like that's great but you're both preps and you know you guys are starting from a similar place there which is fair clay Um, clay become keeps turning out to be the moral center of this universe i i i like it it's nice but also like why couldn't we have gotten him in season one well Yes. However, that also makes me feel like Clay is one of the only people outside of the universe sure. that is being able to help them in their sort of lostness at the moment. Like, sure. My guess is that it's going to come to pass that Clay and our timeline hasn't shown up yet, but he will. Yeah. So they continue this a little bit, but Clay kind of says, you know, yeah, we're starting on the same footing, but I guess it depends on how much you like the person. Do, do, do. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, so we go back to the theater and Kevin decides to have a conversation with Veronica. He's like, I think you're coming on too strong with Clay. Mm-hmm. And she's like, why is he dating someone? Uh, she's like, don't be such a, a wet rag. What's wrong with the little flirtation? And Kevin's like, because Clay's not remotely interested. He's not. I know that for a fact. And Veronica's like, oh, why is that? Because. Because he's not attracted to assertive women. No, he's not attracted to any women. Neither am I, for that matter. And Veronica's like, I knew it. I knew you were both secretly <laughs> friends of Dorothy. Oh, my God. Okay. Secret friend of Dorothy is a very appropriate for the time reference to a gentleman being gay. Do I love it? No. Do I like that Kevin outed Clay? Also, no. But I do kind of love that Veronica's like, yes, I have gay best friends now. Yes. <laughs> Like, I do kind of love that. Well, I I almost think that, like, Kevin and Clay both talked about this. And Clay's like, okay, I need you to just fucking deal I with it. I need you to run interference on this. Can you please just, like, stop her? I don't care if you tell her. Just, like, get... I Secretly, in my mind, they already had this conversation. <laughs> yes, but it would have been a two-second scene to I, clear I that up. Because otherwise, Kevin has now outed his boyfriend. I yeah, don't well, love that. Also, the secret friends of Dorothy thing 
it, it was a very specific cultural signifier, but also it's the kind of thing that only Veronica would know. <laughs> I, I, exactly. That's why coming from her, it's not, it doesn't, it's not bad. <laughs> just, just her line here. The only thing better than having a hunky boyfriend is having friends who are hunky boys. Having hunky friends who are boys. <laughs> yeah. uh, she's she's going to get Kevin up to snuff on all of the references. She's like, this hick town is finally starting to feel like home. Oh my God, Veronica. We're after another basketball practice and it's time for Julian to announce that his family is having their annual mixer. It's a fundraiser for a new gym. And after being prodded by Frank, we're also going to be welcoming our newest bulldog. Which, again, Reggie's just like, sure. No, thank you. So we go, we're in the locker rooms. It's after... Uh, you know, it's after that, and Archie's trying to encourage Reggie to come to the mixers. Like they're usually a gas and a half, and Reggie's like, "Nope, the NCAA is giving out scholarships for college. If I get one of those, I'm made in the shade." And Archie's like, "No man's an island. Can she cut loose a little bit? Um, it seems like you're going to be the guest of honor." And Reggie's just like, "If that's what you heard, you're a lot more naive than I thought." Which he Archie, is. which he, he really is. is, he totally is, but. Archie's now frustrated. He's like, why are you being such a killjoy? Can't you meet them halfway? And that's when Reggie has had it. And he's just like, look, they haven't taken one step towards me. And you haven't heard anything I've been saying. Boom. And Archie's like, what? And he's like, I was recruited by Stonewall Prep. And I was juiced to be there. But I never belonged there. And my teammates made that very clear. So we cut to the Stonewall Prep locker room. And Reggie opens his locker. and just a streaming locker full of rice falls out and we hear a voice that says is that enough to take back to your farm yellow belly and it is none other than brett weston wallace the only actor we could get to play someone worse than julian fucking blossom i will give them this the worst things that are truly said are said by people that we've already established to be assholes so I will give them that. I love that we had the we had Brett Weston Wallace here. Great. Love it. Hate what's happening. Love that they gave it to that character. And so the the, the Stonewall Prep guys are laughing and we cut back to present day Reggie. And it's just like, and that was day one. During practice, the other players would foul me and they did whatever they could to run me out of there. And you know what? It worked. So I'm not meeting anyone halfway. I'm not giving anyone an opening, a chance to humiliate me ever again. All right. And Archie's like, and oh, no, I'm so sorry. Um, but we're not like that here. And Reggie's like, aren't you? To which Archie's just oh, like, he's just completely oh, no. dumbfounded. He's completely dumbfounded. Of course he is. This is the first time he's been confronted with something like that directly to his face. Yeah. Like he, because... When those types of things don't affect you specifically, you tune them out. Yeah. Like you're not like you you are more likely to dismiss it or be like, I don't need to deal with that because it doesn't affect you. And then it continues. We cut over to the school steps and Tony is, you know, petitioning for their new club. Cheryl comes up and, you know, they talk about what that is and Tony's like, well, as junior class president, you're in charge of the student council's financing, and I hope you should you could secure us some funding. Um, and so Cheryl's like, uh, I, I will ask Featherhead, but I don't know. 
And Tony makes a comment about doing a bake sale. And Cheryl's like, oh, you know, I could do my cherry scones. But then she's like, can I ask you a question? Is part of the reason you broke up with me because I'm white? Okay. Again, this is not our typical Cheryl. Cheryl's like, she's she's got a question she's going to ask you. She's going to be more direct. She's more direct and very, very thoughtful. Yeah, because she knows this is not going to be an easy conversation. Mm-hmm. And Tony takes a beat. And she's like, there are a lot of reasons, all interconnected, but that was a part of it. Um, and Cheryl's just like, okay, I will try my absolute best with Featherhead, I promise. And they leave it at that. All this comes to is Cheryl really, really likes this girl. Yeah. And Cheryl is not wearing lipstick. Nope. Again, she's being vulnerable. I'm bore it. I love it. Yeah, it's not quite as consistent as it is in our timeline but something different is happening here so i like i like how they're using it in this timeline we're dealing with things where yeah she has less reason to need this armor because she knows that she there is somebody who is a safe place for her now on Uh, the flip side yeah we're gonna go to the blossom party a place that is not safe for anyone no for no one not even the blossoms no um archie and betty have a cute little conversation about you know how betty's not going to be long for the vixens as soon as her mom finds out that you know she's supposed to hang out with the boy yeah that's fair (laughs) werther's thought it would help me burn off some of this excess energy and archie's like grown-ups don't have a clue (laughs) it's very cute Archie's, you know, eating off of a skewer and then he gets the head nod from Clifford Blossom to come over and he's like, uh, oh, and he's like, I'll take your skewer. Very cute moment. Uh, love Cheryl protecting Midge's honor by getting her away from Fangs. Yep. <laughs> so funny. Together. It's so cute. The stuff with Midge has been really subtle, but it's very cute where it happens. So Archie joins this group of, you know, Clifford Blossom. Penelope Blossom, Julian. Uh, Do we have to say what they say? It's really bad. Basically, they talk about how Archie is, you know, making a huge sacrifice by um, rooming with Reggie. And he's like, ah, this is great. And like, mm, you know, it's it's a necessary evil. And we just need a loyal so- soldier to bring on a championship. For this Korean. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a p- Korean prodigy. Uh, and you know so long as he does this with a smile on his face there'll be no problems for us and none for his family and Archie's like I'm gonna go get some fresh air Ooh, he looks ill yeah it's just like oh man they re- like Reggie was right mm-hmm. beyond um, right beyond oh absolutely right because what Archie knows here is oh shit mm-hmm. they will throw him to and his family to the wolves so we cut back to the babylonian and reggie shows up and veronica's like i thought you weren't a fan of the movies and reggie's like i didn't say that i said we didn't have any theaters in duck creek Mm -hmm. and she's like oh well i stand corrected and uh might be the fact that i'm here tonight influence your decision and reggie's like well if i'm being honest i demand honesty at all times no not at all Uh, truth is i forgot you worked at this place i don't work at it i own it <laughs> and so he goes and she's talking uh it's kevin I'm like how rude can you get and kevin's like anyway there's plenty of fish in the sea true but take a powder herman melville because that is the real moby dick 
It's true. That's that's pretty good. This... I love how like I, she is so frosty in that moment because this boy could not care less about her. Like, did not even give her a double take. Well, also that is that is the thing that turns her on the most. Oh, the indifference! Like, how dare you not be impressed by me? Like, she is both offended and also very intrigued. Yeah, game recognizes game. Love it. <laughs> but also, that's a lovely mirror to, in our timeline, Reggie's the one who always going after Veronica. Yep. Love it. Well, now we go to Jug's train car. And, you know, they make a, a comment about it being like the Orient Express. And she has brought him a book, Dark Water, Voices from Within the Veil. Um. You know, it's by W.E.B. Du Bois. And she suggests a story that they wrote called The Comic, which, hello, of course, it's, you know, very similar to what's going on in our timeline. And he's like, oh, what's it about? It's like, oh, it's about a comet that hits New York and kills everybody except for two people, a man named Jim and a woman named Julia. And it's sort of about this unlikely relationship between them. And what's really interesting is Jim is black and Julia is white. And it's sort of the first time an interracial relationship is depicted in science fiction. And Jughead's like, this sounds great. And she's like, I thought we could read it together. Now. Now. Aloud. Aloud. Which is like beyond awkward, but also it's the 50s. So like, okay. <laughs> it's just, it's moving very quickly. Yeah. We cut to Archie coming home. Reg is reading Superduck. Of course he is. Reggie was all about his comics in our timeline, even as an adult. So, of course, this Reggie, all about Superduck, which he's going to be excited when he learns that Jughead helps write those. And he asks Archie how the mixer goes. And Archie's like, I don't really want to talk about it. It was actually boring. I'm going to go shower. Oh, man. He really, uh, KJ looks like he's going to throw up. It's great. It's so good. We head on over to practice the next day. Julian's running warm-ups, and he's being rude to Reggie, and he yells a slur at him, and Archie's not having it, and he punches Julian. And as Julian is taking a minute to get back up, Archie lays into everybody. He's like, Reggie's our strongest player, and um, our only um, shot at making the playoffs this year, so if we're, we're going to rise to his level. And if you don't want to be chummy with him, that's fine. But when we get on this court, we're teammates and we're fighting for each other. Uh, so if you cannot get on board with that, the door is right there. And that includes you too, Captain. And then helps Julian up. Yeah. Love it. Great. But like the, the craziest part about this is it's not just that he's fouling Reggie. It's not mm -hmm. just that he's being rude. It's that Reggie is on his side of the squad. Yep. And he refuses to give him a look at the basket. Yep. I mean, damn. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Good job, Archie. Well, and and I mean, Julian's season one Jamie Tart from Ted Lasso. Like, it's all about me and my glory. Fuck all of y'all. Uh, I would not be betting on a Julian redemption arc here. No, that's not going to happen. I'm fine with that. But like, that's what I keep thinking. I was like, you are only playing for yourself, you jackass. <sighs> Why else would he? He's a blossom. Exactly. Um, We cut to... Cheryl giving Tony the money for her club. And she goes, oh, my goodness, I'm I'm shocked Featherhead um, approved it. Cheryl's like, he didn't. Those funds were earmarked for something else, which makes me think that she took all the money that they had earmarked for the gym. 
<laughs> which would be a lot of money, but I also wouldn't pass Cheryl to like do that. Well, or... because we should we should also note Cheryl was listening in to the conversation with Archie. Yep. She was. And so so Tony like takes us like, I will not ask any more questions. And Cheryl's like, I look forward to reading your first issue. And Tony's like, hey, wait, what are you doing after cheerleading practice? Cheryl's like, nothing. Maybe we can meet in the dark room. And Cheryl's like, I would love that. Do you mean to talk? And she goes, yeah, what it, let's talk about what it would mean if we tried again. Which, oh my God, they're going to like base their issues and like have a conversation about it. This is shocking. We're going to bend towards the moral the light of justice. Well, this is not justice. You know what I mean. I do. I do know what you mean. And anyway, I don't. Whatever. Stupid show. We go, we go back to the locker room again, the boys' locker room, and it's after practice, and Archie looks at Reggie and is like, I didn't sock Julian for you. I know you don't need saving. I did it for my own sake and for the teams. And Reggie's just like taking this in and it's like, I didn't want to believe you, but you were right about this time. Maybe we are just as messed up as any other place. I don't know. And like Archie looks like really defeated. Like he's just disappointed in his town. Mm-hmm. And Reggie's like, you want to get a burger on the way home? Like, like maybe we'll run into some of the other fellows there. And Archie's like, sure, if you're sure. And he's like, I am. Just don't expect me to sit with anyone or anything. And they both laugh. And it's very sweet. Like, that's really cute. Like, Reggie's like, we can go. But, like, don't don't expect too much. Reggie and Archie, best friends forever again. Bros. 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 I just also need Reggie and Kevin to be bros in this world because the way Reggie was like best bros with Kevin (laughs) in high school made me so happy. It was real good. It was all about the hustle, but he would die for Kevin. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Who was his bro? So we see Jughead go off to try again at Brad Rayberry's house. And when he gets there, he finds the sheriff, Sheriff Keller. And it's like, he's dead. He killed himself. He hung himself. He left a note. And it said, I can no longer continue living this way. And Tom says, I'm sorry, Jughead. I know he was your friend. Riverdale. Riverdale. Yeah. So like we knew the milkman got him. Like what? Or did he? What's the dealio? What is happening? Oh, yeah. Like some good moments. This could have been an awful lot worse. It absolutely can. As we know from the previous week's episode. Yes. I you know, this was a perfectly fine episode and we and we bring Reggie in in a cool way. They are signposting more of those things, uh, especially the Choney thing. Mhm. The whole Choney thing is is bending towards, oh, they're sneaky bringing these characters to deal with the actual core issues that they've had this entire time. Maybe, and that would be good, except for like why are we just making Betty horny? Uh well, I don't know. I've seen some of the descriptions of the coming episodes. I think I have an idea where they might be going. Yeah, they're very slowly rolling out like what's happening with the episodes. So let's go look at our next time on... Well, I love that next week is called Betty and Veronica Double Digest mm-hmm. because that's was always my favorite one to buy at the grocery store. Like <laughs> that's the one I would buy. Um, so it looks like both girls are pretty desperate. 
uh, one is desperately horny and the other one is desperate for their business to take off. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting. Apparently, every single person is going to say shut up, Dilton, at some point in this season. I'm into it. I'm into it. (laughs) I'm just happy that Daniel Yang gets to be on more. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. It's very silly. Yeah. Betty's going to learn a whole fucking lot, though, about what the hell's going on in this town. I'm here for it. Because something dark and disturbing is. Yeah, because it's dark Betty. Yeah. And and I think like that's that's really the thing is that the whole dark Betty thing hasn't really ever been fully satisfied. We got close Mm -hmm. at the end of last season, but I feel like there's still a couple of threads to pull. And that to me seems like what that portion is going to be. It's just that it's coming through horniness, which, you know, they're teenagers. So why not? I don't know. I've seen worse Riverdale. Yeah, that bar's real low. <laughs> well, until next time, hashtag Go, go Bulldogs. Thanks for listening. Be sure to review and rate us on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your podcast. For questions, comments, and recommendations, you can email us at macintoshandmod at gmail.com or find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook.